my mind never stops thinking. I dream about it, I wake up, I sew in my mind, I draw on my mind and live it and live it every day. You know, I think it's why internships are so important because you don't sort of realize your calling until you do it and sort of what inspires you. And I guess I think the end goal is to not work a day in your life, really, if you, if you love what you do. From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing the corporate ladder or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want. This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast. We interview professionals, entrepreneurs, and recent grads about what a day is actually like on the job, hour by hour, or as we like to call it, their a-diddle, spelled A-D-I-T-L, which stands for a day in the life. This podcast will inspire you to gain experience beyond the classroom and launch a career of your own. We're your hosts, Chris DeBeau and Matt Poe. Welcome to part one in the two-part Fashion Forward Thinking series. In this episode, we're going to experience a day in the life, hour by hour, of Emmy Bunn, the head fashion designer at Parker, so you can decide if this is a career you can see yourself doing. If color, composition, and creativity gets you excited, this episode is right up your alley. Let's get into the day. It's 7 a.m. in Brooklyn, and Emmy is hitting the snooze button not once, not twice, but three times. She told us she's not a morning person. 7.45 rolls around, and to wake herself up, she brews a pot of strong, hot coffee while watching some fashion shows and putting on her uniform for the season. More on that in a bit. Today on the agenda as a whole, she's working closely with her design and production team in-house as well as overseas in China. She's also attending fittings with her pattern maker, production team, and fit model. And she has meetings and reviews on fabrics, working on print design, comparing sketches with the evening and ready-to-wear designers, all while staying on top of her emails. Let's meet Emmy and learn more about what she does. Currently, I'd say I specialize or I categorize myself as sort of a big picture person. So I'm the creative director for for Parker or head of design, I guess you could also call it. And I sort of drive the brand forward in a bigger picture in terms of marketing and design and, you know, inspiring the design team to create great product. I'm not a morning person. I think a lot of creative people are probably night people. I'd probably work noon to 9 p.m. if I could. However, I have to be to work at 9. So at 7.15 a.m. I I set the alarm every morning, but I wake up and I hit snooze three times. 7.45. So I'm getting ready for work. It depends on the time of year, but I sort of think what I have to do that day. Am I presenting meetings? Am I meeting with buyers or marketing? I have two uniforms. One is jeans, vans, a white t-shirt of some sort and a blazer. And the other is, uh, you know, four inch heels and a vintage dress. So, and then Parker makes great dresses. So in the summertime, I always add those into the mix. It just, it makes it easier. You know, I, we talk a lot at work about what our look's going to be for a season. So what's your look for spring or what's your look for summer? And then you sort of stick to it like a uniform. Emmy lives in Brooklyn, so to get into Manhattan, she has her commute down to a science, making time for her daily dose of inspiration. 
there's a bridge that connects Brooklyn to, to Queens and I walk over that in the morning. You walk over the bridge and you see the city off to your left and it just it's like kicks off your day and seems inspiring that I'm going into Manhattan, to this crazy city to do my job. And yeah, I, I hop on the 7 train and I start checking emails depending on Wi-Fi underground and I just do like a speed go through and then I flag every email that's important. You told me when we first met that Parker's clothes, you said, are designed with New York City style and spunk in mind. Like when you're walking over the bridge or walking in, in New York, do you have your, your eyes peeled for that sort of thing? Or is, are you just trying to get from point A to point B like everybody else? Oh yeah, no, always. I'm I'm taking pictures of the color yellow on the on the construction zone and the way it pairs with orange. And I I can't tell you how many pictures I have in my phone of a girl on the subway. And you know, this is an urban city, and they sort of have a pulse. And I'm I'm looking what they're wearing. Is it short? Is it long? Is it polka dot? Is it floral? Is it orange? Is it purple? Are they wearing flats? And and just kind of studying them. <laughs> She steps off the 7 train at 42nd Street, Times Square, and is navigating the tourists on 7th Ave, where the office is located. This area is considered the fashion district in New York. Emmy told us the fashion district isn't what it used to be because some of the vendors are going out of business. That's why at Parker, they try to support small businesses as best as they can. Before she steps foot in her office, she grabs another cup of strong coffee from her nearby coffee shop, Cafe Grumpy's. After that, the design work begins. But before we continue with the day, let's learn the basics. There are many specializations in the fashion industry, and no matter what the style or type, these fundamental specializations work together to create the clothes, and those specializations fall under the two main departments, production and design. Let's see, in terms of specialization, so you can be a pattern maker, which means that you you make the patterns, which are like puzzles that put together the clothing, almost like Tetris or something like that. If you're wearing a t-shirt, you have a front, you have a back, and you have two sleeves. That's the most basic pattern. And then if you have a crazy pattern, there's, you know, so that's three pieces. If it's an intricate pattern, it might have 45, or say you're wearing a ski jacket, that could be maybe 75 patterns. A print designer, so prints are patterns, and sometimes you might not know you want to be a print designer, but you, I can see it in, in, in people, like within them, and then I try to grow that within them, but you have to love color and balance. Yeah, so print design, pattern making, tech design, which means that you're, you're, you're measuring the garments and, you know, all the little details that go into it, like what the button is, what the buttonhole looks like. And then there's production and they are the super engineers of the whole deal. They're, you know, they're the opposite of design almost that they are very black and white. Is it going to be shipped on a big boat out of Shanghai? How does the freight get there? What's the duties and the taxes and the, you know, just really, you're producing it. You're producing the whole show. But we're about 32 people or so, and each person plays a really integral role in the, the business. So everyone's just really focused, and there's production, pattern making, design, marketing, and sales. And then e-com, that's a big business that's growing. You know, I think it's why internships are so important because you don't sort of realize your calling until you do it and sort of what inspires you. And I guess I think the end goal is to not work a day in your life, really, if you if you love what you do. I'm sure you got all that, but just in case you didn't, here's a recap. On the design side, you can work with patterns, prints or tech. And then there's the production side for the lovers of logistics. Great. Now you're an expert. Back to the day. Emmy walks in at 9 a.m. and the first thing she does is touch base with her team and sets a daily goal. 
I think by nature, we sort of like kind of all have ADD on the design team. So we jump, we tend to like jump, 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 jump. But for example, today it was, we're drawing these huge flowers on a sweatshirt and draw that flower and finalize it and then mail it to China. Your one job today is to draw a flower on a sweatshirt and send it to China. (laughs) And then within that, you know, they're checking emails and, you know, there's a million little things that come up, but that's the main thing. How do you manage these projects as far as logistics? Do you have some sort of software that you can keep track of steps? Do you have a system in place that you can do that? I'm a huge fan of Post-its. I would say we're almost sponsored by Post-its. Thousands and thousands of Post-its in every color and every size. There's, yeah, Post-its and colored stickers. I think it's because we're color focused. The colors all mean something in terms of the process. And then, you know, when it really gets down to it, we work in Excel and we create what we call trackers, which we're tracking when we sent that flower sweatshirt, when we're getting it back, how much it cost, what colors it comes in. So what's the communication like with your international partners? You mentioned email stuff to China. Yeah. So China, India, and Turkey are kind of the two major markets for fashion. Turkey's a little up and down depending. So China is you know, when we're leaving work, we say, have a great day. And they, you know, and they write back to us, good night. We sort of call them, it's like our international pen pals in a way. In a lot of cases, they've never left the continent of China. Their English is, is you know, they learned it in school. They've never spoken it to someone before. So that's kind of a first thing in fashion when you're writing emails. You, you can't write sort of the way you would normally speak. You need to kind of condense it. The production team's working more with them or does not like both design and production are... Both design and production, yeah. So design is always three months ahead of production in terms of, but there's, you know, maybe some of your viewers are familiar with it, but it's called WeChat. So everything happens via WeChat and it's basically like international texting. It's a great app, you know, if you're over in Italy or you're in Shanghai or Bali. Our factories, you know, maybe 20 years ago, people would write emails and now they factories text us via WeChat. That's really like opened up a a world um, where, you know, they're sending us a picture of, you know, maybe their baby or something like that. Here's what I'm eating for lunch. And so you you have a greater connection with sort of uh, these factories that you work with. It's 10 a.m. and she's checking emails and waiting for the fit model to arrive. So for anyone who doesn't know, you know, we have to fit the garments on a person and make sure they fit. It feels good. You know, it's the right length, all that good stuff. So every Tuesdays and Thursdays, we fit on our fit model. In the fittings, it's the pattern makers, production team, and the design team is all there. We sit in a big room together. The model stands you know, right in the center of the room. And and we always ask her, how does it feel? And she says, oh, it's too tight or too loose or it's scratchy or, and, and everyone sort of plays their role. The pattern maker is, you know, making the pattern. So they're the ones who are saying, okay, I'm going to make it bigger. So it doesn't feel small. And yeah, we look at every little thing and make sure it's perfect. So we do that um, from 10 to 12 usually. And then after that, we go back to our desk, finish checking emails, heading up design. I'm CC'd on everyone's emails. So I maybe have about 75 to 100 every day, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a lot of emails to read. I've been kind of doing a new thing at work where trying to do less emails if possible. So I'm really encouraging everyone on my team to just get up and talk in person to just hash it out and solve it. You get to the end result faster. So we usually just try to talk in person and then send an email to summarize what we talked about. So everyone like leaves on the same page. So 
I think that people feel like an open environment to be able to contribute, that they feel like their voice is being heard. Um, you know, that's something that as I've been working, I saw people sort of, you know, let down and feeling like they weren't heard. So trying to create an open environment where everyone is synergy is is so important. You know, they're sharing ideas and that sort of cross-pollination allows for bigger and better ideas. We never say no to anything. We always think about it. Why not? Let's try it. Now it's noon and time for lunch, but on this particular day, Emmy powers through. 1 p.m., Emmy is meeting with the fabric manager and reviewing fabrics for upcoming seasons. This is also the time they'll chat about any issues that could affect production. So that's that's also a role in fashion that's really important. You 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 pick the fabric for the clothes. So, you know, to be honest with you, for between one to three, it's the fabric manager, it's production. It's, I sort of like leave it as an open window for anything that could come up. But yeah, I meet with our fabric manager. There's always something that happened. The factory's late. They said they had this fabric, but they don't. Or, you know, so you're always sort of like problem solving to to get it done. What is the fabric manager? What is her role? Are they a liaison or are they the final say? She is She's a little bit of everything, but she's a she's a liaison. She's a liaison between design and production. So she is, I tell her, can you find pink fabric that has tiny flowers on it? So she will go out to all of her mills and find me lots of pink fabric with tiny flowers. And then we'll pick our favorite and then she'll order it. That's on the design side. And then production means that she's ordering 500,000 yards of pink fabric with flowers on it. So that's kind of from beginning to end. So she's got, it's a, it's a big job with a lot of money exchanging place. <laughs> There's only so many like fabric designers and stuff like that. Do different brands ever get the same fabric or is it like some sort of exclusivity rights to that or? Yeah. So we all look at the same kind of base fabrics, but we design our own fabrics, but it definitely, if you're meeting with a mill, so fabric mills weave the fabrics and they'll tell you, oh, Calvin Klein is running this, so you shouldn't run it. People honor that for the most part? Yeah, they honor it because, you know, lawsuits have become such a thing and, and what in, you know, what what's personal ownership. So yeah, knocking someone off uh, is a big deal. Currently, we're looking for fabrics that are easy to care for. I think that people want to wear things and just toss them on. That's the way people are kind of living their life right now. It's washable. It's easy to care for. You know, people don't want to take things to the dry cleaner every two seconds. And I think the Parker girl in general is just, she's jumping from one thing to another. So easy care and that it takes our prints really well. It's 3 p.m. at the Parker office, and around this time, almost like clockwork, oh, you'll probably hear the question, coffee, coffee anyone? Wherever, and then it's a lot of Venmoing and, and all that stuff, and I got you back. Coffee usually kicks in, and then everyone kind of goes back to their desks. After coffee, let's see, prints are a big part of our business for Parker, and like I spoke about, a print designer is a big role. So one of our girls on the team, her and I sit down together, we work a lot in Photoshop, so that's important program to know for that Photoshop and Illustrator. And yeah, we work on the prints, the layouts, the colorways. Is it pink? Is it yellow? Is it green? And then we send those prints to China to get printed. Four o'clock, we're kind of just starting to hit our stride here on the design team. We're like waking up. We have an evening wear designer and a ready to wear designer. So those are those are the dresses and the blouses and the skirts and the leather jackets and all that good stuff. So our evening wear designer like dreams and sequins and crystals and 
evening gowns and then our you know our, our ready to wear parker designer is she's just a jack of all trades in terms of dresses and blouses and jackets and whatnot so I meet with them and you know this is the time of the season or the day that we we really design so we 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 look at things that are pretty that could mean a painting that you saw over the weekend that had pretty colors it could be a picture of a girl you saw on the street or the subway and just things that you love and then we we sit down with a pencil and paper and we draw we we just we draw dresses and dresses and tops and we don't do it in illustrator i know some companies do but we do it by hand this just regular paper do you have any sort of special regular paper the designers like special pencils i don't know the brand it's yellow there's a special lead size everyone has their pencils labeled (laughs) with their names (laughs) so there's a certain kind of lead and pencil that they like to draw with definitely speaking of drawing for you and i guess if maybe for most of the designers, is drawing and illustrating, is that a talent or is that something that you have to learn? It's a talent that can be nurtured and learned. You know, as a designer, you're kind of like a salesman. So you're selling people designs via your illustrations. So the better you are at drawing and selling your idea, the better off you'll be. Are there are there rules and techniques that people follow or is it just all like whatever I'm feeling, whatever I want to draw, I'm going to go for it? I mean, there's tricks of a trade when you're drawing. There's definitely little fashion hacks, how to how to draw a great sweater, how to draw a great blouse. And that's something you learn in school in fashion illustration class. So there's definitely ways to enhance a design. The design team and herself work through rush hour to beat the NYC chaos. Getting off at six is insane in New York City. So I know everybody knows. So, I, you know, if you leave later, seven, seven thirty, it's a win win. You know, there's less people on the subway and a nicer commute home. And then I meet friends for dinner and drinks. I think it's, you know, with anyone's job, it like it's crazy. But if you don't take time to meet friends, it kind of grounds you and whatnot. And so I meet friends in Manhattan or in Brooklyn. And, you know, I don't cook dinner every night or I don't go to the grocery store and plan my meals. (laughs) I just fly by the seat of my pants and make it work. And then, uh, yeah, around 11, you know, I try to go to sleep around 11, but if I can't, I'm back up again on the computer looking at Vogue before I go to bed. The same thing that opens my day. Live and breathe fashion. This is true. So you just experienced a day in the life of a fashion designer, but how does one actually become a fashion designer? In part two of the Fashion Forward Thinking series, join us as we go through Emmy's career journey and experiences leading up to where she is today. Emmy wanted to experience the workforce and the fashion industry as soon as possible, which led her to the decision of only pursuing her associate's degree. The lack of bachelor's degree didn't stop her from getting many amazing career opportunities at places like Nordstrom, Eddie Bauer, Ralph Lauren, and Parker. Let's learn how she did it so you can too. Stay tuned. At Experience a Day in the Life, we're building an online library of content all focused on a diddle or a day in the life of different jobs and professions across the world in all different industries. So if you want to share your a diddle, you can do so at xadiddle.com slash share dash my dash a diddle. That's x-a-d-i-t-l dot com slash share dash my dash a-d-i-t-l. 
Thanks for listening. Head over to exadiddle.com. That's X-A-D-I-T-L.com. There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at xadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Poe and Matt with one T Poe. If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.